Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hit Recap and Review Podcast. Good. Weird. Great. I am, of course, your host, John, and joining me today from Transylvania is Patrick Ramirez. Uh, yeah, I took a wrong turn. I was trying to get to the red waste of Texas, but I think I'm lost. <laughs> and also joining me is Jesse. Um, uh, sorry, I can't, John, I can't hear you uh, over the sound of all this clanking metal around me. This whole place seems like it's about to come down. <laughs> Emphasis on the cum. Do you have a garden hose near you? Can you just spray water at yourself? Oh, buddy, can I? <laughs> Um, we have some housekeeping to do before we talk about the actual episodes. So, mm-hmm. Patrick loves Hunt's tomato sauce. Hunt's loves is an understatement, by the way. Yes, indeed, indeed. And I feel like I snobbishly at first derided him for this preference, and I gotta say, I tried it, and it's pretty good. Like, <laughs> you can spend two hours making your own perfect red sauce, but you can just buy Hunt's, and it's pretty damn good. It's I don't like know if I dollar. love it as much as Patrick, but yeah. I've had all the varieties. I'm going to deride it still. Um, <laughs> I think you're both uncultured swine. Jesse will come around. Eh. Okay, maybe one day we'll do an episode on it and you'll force me to try some of your stank-ass tomato sauce. But it's okay. available at a grocery store near you and you John, you're too good for this. Jesse, I'm surprised. I was going to say, you know me. You know I can make a good marinara sauce. Yeah, no, you're the fanciest chef. But this costs $1 and <laughs> yeah. it's immediately ready. I mean, it's not the same thing, but I think it's good. There's like two ninety nine tomato sauce. May I introduce you to Newman's Own? It's not as good as that. It's not as good as that. I'm telling you. <laughs> no way. The glass jar is bullshit. I, I've been converted. Oh, what? Look at Okay, I did not know how many varieties there were. I've only scratched the surface. I've only scratched the surface of the endless varieties. Look at this. Tell us some of the varieties. Dude, if we ever cover this topic, we're going to have to talk about like the tomato sauce wars. <laughs> there used to be like three kinds of tomato sauce and one day it was like a market shift where they were like all oh, these people are so fucking picky and that's when they all started making 20 different kinds of sauce i feel wait i feel validated now because uh the one i buy all the time is the garlic and herb and that has 1120 reviews on hunt's own website i thought you were gonna say calories <laughs> far and away the most, the most on reviews. hunt's website yeah far and I, away um, the most. i had the tomato basil and it was really good I've never had that. You got to you got to get the garlic and herb. The reviews on Hunt's website because I feel like the propaganda of that probably really feeds back into the episodes <laughs> we're watching. Wait, somebody self-selected. Somebody, somebody did say somebody gave Gwen from Topeka, Kansas gave it one star a month ago and said literally inedible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jesse, that's my choice was for that sheriff. You? No. <laughs> But that, that, like I said, that's my choice for Sheriff. What's her name? Uh, Gwen from Topeka, Kansas. Gwen, yeah, thank you, Gwen. Okay, from so the this, down deep. This is not a podcast about hunts, but if you... Yet. That is on the if way. If you give us money in, in the, the future works. or something, maybe someday it could be a podcast about Hunt's Tomato Sauce. Who knows? But for now, it is about the TV show, The Silo, and we are discussing episodes three and four titled Machines and Truth. The first episode, episode three... Uh, basically opens exactly where episode two left off. Juliet or Jules is hanging above the water 
Um, does she fall in or something, or does she just climb mm-hmm. back up and leave? I think she, she pulls herself back falls up. In yeah, she gets real scared, real close. Yeah. Okay, so she climbs back up and she goes to talk <clears throat> to. I believe her name is Martha. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you Martha. guys, but I was kind of confused about their relationship. I was like, is this her mom or something? Like, we meet her dad in this episode, and eventually in the second, the fourth episode, we do actually learn, like you know, the actual history and who everybody is and all that. But at this point mm-hmm. in the episodes, I was like kind of confused about who Martha is, especially since she knew the mayor later. Yes. I like that a lot. The, I, that world yeah. building of the older people, like knowing a lot, uh, like knowing each other is super interesting. What is like them not giving you answers to everything immediately? You're kind of, they've kind of For done sure. this already last two episodes. You're just in the dark with some stuff and you put pieces, they give you pieces and crumbs to put the story together. I love that. Yeah. yeah, and the and the flip side of that coin is the classy like thing that Star Wars used to be uh, given a pat on the back for, which is like indirect world building. They like mm-hmm. they talk to each other like they know each other. They don't mm-hmm. talk to each other so that the audience right. knows their history, and so they're like, "Sup? Haven't seen you in a decade." And they talk about like a toaster and peace out, and you're like, "These people know each other." But yeah, um, Martha is uh, a Yoda that she can be a catty ass to, but still love. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited to see what Martha's role is going to be because she's kind of investigating this little like hard drive or projector or whatever the fuck it is, and so she's I, I don't like know I'm excited to see like something. Right? What I was going to say I'm pretty sure it's a little digital camcorder. That's what I thought. Yeah. Well, I was shooting a beam of light out later, which is just the only reason I said projector. But yeah, I, I guess yeah. Either way, no, I know what you mean. When Martha yeah. fixes it, yeah. I'm just yeah exactly. I'm just excited to like see what she figures out or whatever. But uh, so, broke it. <laughs> Julia. I'm also glad. I'm glad Go that it. stuck out to you because they do film what I assumed was the record light does project out like it is a projector, and I that in that moment was like, what the fuck are you guys doing right now? Yeah, yeah. Um. All right. So Jules goes back to work. Her friend Shirley from work, I guess. Uh who is kind of the cool black lady that she works with, uh, gets her up out of bed, gets her to work, where she immediately punches her other friend and her subordinate, Cooper. who they later refer to as her shadow. Her shadow. Uh, not, a, not a good look. And rightfully, everybody is like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? Like, Too far, too far. <laughs> all these I people imagine- look up to you, and you just like made the biggest fool of yourself. I can't imagine waking up with a severe hangover and then having to run into work because the thing you do for work is about to explode. Yeah, but like, what if she would have just let Cooper do it, right? (laughs) For sure. You know, like... Yeah, does she have no faith in her training abilities? Because, like, everything he knows is from her, I'm assuming, right? If he's her shadow. Yeah. So, that's just... It was like a dick move on her part. It It super is. It's a dick move, and it's also bad from an operational standpoint. Like... What if you were a little bit more hungover to the point where you couldn't even function? Like she doesn't even still... seem that hungover at that point. That's the dumb part. It seems like she just woke up and like is normal somehow after puking all night. Um, yeah, yeah. I, maybe she could that have been a little drunker. Yeah, that performance could have been a little better. A little bit more. Yeah. Um, are we? Are we in the, we're in the review part or recap right, part, right? Still. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'll hold my comments so, till the end. Kind of the overarching thing <laughs> happening in this episode is that the generator is fucked and Jules knows that it needs to be shut down and repaired permanently. They can't just keep patching everything. And pretty much everybody around her is like, 
that would be political suicide to do that. And you kind of get where they're coming from, right? Because mm-hmm. turning off the lights is so scary. And even though it makes sense from a logical perspective, you look at it and you're like, well, nobody else ever had to shut down the reactor. So what the fuck are you doing that we have to shut the reactor down? Yeah, like it's not something that, you know, a politician wants to approve. And what blows my mind is she fucking bold faced lies about being able to fix it at the beginning. She doesn't comprehend that there is a 30 minute time window. She she, she doesn't know how bad it is, right? No, that no, that's not even just to fix it and shut it down at all. They have to shut that steam valve, which means that at some point she did not fully comprehend the way like she gets shutting the reactor down is a big deal but she was like yeah you give me like eight hours i can fix it she goes back to her homies and they were like you realize uh you have 30 minutes to fix it. like you could diagnose it for a sec but you have 30 minutes to fix it and she's that was, like that uh, was definitely like a political move on uh jules's part to sell it to the mayor because the mayor would be like no fucking way you're gonna do that if that's the if she told her what sure. actually needed to happen yeah so yeah you're right, she you're like right. played it, it down but then she, i think jules was also kind of shocked at the end like oh fuck like i didn't i didn't know it was gonna be this bad oh absolutely and it's kind of a good test of like a per a stranger of like mm-hmm. how much can i trust this stranger how much are they actually on my side or how much are they really doing this for the good of the people and she threw her like the craziest curveball that's like oh you want to do something nice for me do you want to do something good for everybody how about you like really risk it for the biscuit and fucking fix a real problem and that lady throws down uh w- which lady Uh, Martha, Martha fucking sends it. That's a test, man. When she's like, well, if you let me fix the generator, I'll come up and do your thing. That's like the ultimate test of a stranger. Juliet said it to Martha. To Ruth? Or fuck me. I just mixed up Mama Martha and the mayor. I'm so sorry. The mayor is Ruth. Yeah, I'm so, so, so sorry. Your appropriate confusion. Right. (laughs) So, yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think like all of this stuff is really interesting. And like. Just to back up a little bit, not because like I'm being a stickler about going in order, but just because I think it's related. But the whole reason that any of this happens is because Ruth Ruth decided I'm going to go down there in person. Like I'm going to walk the silo. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting because she ends up dying when she gets back. First of all, spoilers. Damn. And also because like this was kind of her last gift to the silo was like your generator is good for another certain amount of time no one really knows but for now i mean it's an unknown gift to the silo on her part she doesn't know that's her last gift (laughs) yeah but everybody else does like what a legacy yeah wait i I mean like martha or sorry ruth ruth doesn't know she's gonna die at the end i mean she knows it's like one of her last walks oh uh, you mean like john meant the people know yeah like um i guess i don't know that because like i read that as like yeah, like Ruth's going down, like she accepts this as her last time walking the whole silo. And then uh, it just so happens like a big, you know, momentous thing, momentous thing happens at the end where uh, uh, Julie or Jules fixes the the turbine. But she doesn't know For that's sure. like going to be the last thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't I, expected, but it was poetic. Mm-hmm. Right. That's all. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, she has to actually like walk like 100 levels down or however many it yeah, is. 144 and- or something. And, uh, yeah, on the way down, she meets with Bernard and, uh, basically tries to like bribe him to get his help. And, uh, he basically is, I'm sorry. I was just going to say Bernard could eat my whole ass from the front. I want to know, I want to know more about him, but yeah, he's doing some shady stuff for sure in this episode. 
he basically says like he's gonna that, that uh the mayor is gonna need more help than he can offer is basically what he's and, and he's saying. not too hot on jules being the new uh sheriff yeah, she stole some heat tape or something. How know. dare she? Yeah, some important heat tape, apparently. This fucking guy. Heat tape does sound like a thing they would desperately need. Oh, absolutely. And as the, one of the probably most intelligent mechanics and people in the building, uh, she needed that for something very important. Yeah, But for that sure. guy doesn't care to look into that because he knows better than everyone. Um. Yeah, so we actually get some flashbacks in this... Uh, this episode where we see or wait no is that next episode both. yeah that's next episode yeah it might be both but i think uh what, what i was referring <clears> to <throat> was um the mayor actually meets with juliet's dad on the way down because she makes the excuse that she wants to go see the babies which might be true i mean people do like babies but she also mm-hmm. wants to talk to juliet's father who is a doctor in the mids so i think the implication is that She's from like a kind of upper class background or maybe upper middle class background and has sort of voluntarily taken a lower station. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we learn about all of the reasons why. Like, we, we, I, it's really interesting. Like, it's interesting how realistically estranged those two people are also. Mm-hmm. The, the, the silence that speaks louder than words in their interactions is so human and so real. And it's, I, I, I like that so much more than them having a typical TV show scream out at each other a couple times so that we know they're mad or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, and her dad is uh, Jorah from Game of Thrones. <laughs> I didn't know who, but I was like, man, that guy looks like oh, a Game yeah. of Thrones face. He has from Game like, of Thrones uh, face. I said detective show he was on for on BritBox or whatever. He's in a down. He's Abbey. a very fa- he's a super famous like yeah British he has actor. famous guy face yeah yeah especially in for- something right in <laughs> Glen or Gain or something something like that I'm gonna trust you on that one <laughs> it sounds right um so then Juliet also, has in Glen I was gonna say you think about the medical being in the mids is also interesting because it's the most practical place for it to be true true and there's also uh. We kind of get a little bit more about this in this episode too, in the next one. But uh, there's more. There, there's other um, sheriff's departments like throughout. There's like a upper, mid, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like central, mid, and lower. I don't know. Either way, there's different kind of like offices for sure. We saw quite a lot of officers in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Also, like, uh, uh, not to derail the the recap train, but. Um, Deputy Marnes. We get a lot of character development uh, mm-hmm. with him and with the mayor, but particularly him. Um, he's like a sweet old troubled man. Like, yeah, I thought you hated him last episode. <clears throat> yeah, you I'm went on a rant, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what that rant was. So if you remind me, I'll defend it. But I, otherwise, I honestly don't remember either. <laughs> sweep it under the rug because now he's a sweet old troubled man. Uh, when he's talking to the mayor, uh, Mayor Ruth, about just like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna retire soon, and I, I just want to open up like a shop and see if anybody will buy my drawings. Just immediate tear welled up in my eye. I'm like, you're like a human you're more than a two-dimensional person i'm like falling for this dude now and then it slowly unravels into the mayor also 
having some like real human wants and needs and like they're so cute together. There's some unrequited yeah. un, uh the love that never was kind of. She was married to some other dude that for years and then I guess he died and these two just uh something that could have been years ago and then never was and now they have their fleeting chance I guess at a kind of pretending to have something there, right? Yeah, they can both yeah. retire and live out the rest of their fucking lives together. And he can draw pretty pictures of her. I mean, that, that doesn't picture happen was on Apple like TV. Mid. It wasn't that. That great. picture was not mid, John. Do you want me to go on another rant right now? It was pretty no, good, wasn't it? Simply cannot go on a rant about that. Uh, what I was going to say though, during the podcast, I wish they had peppered some more concrete details throughout the first two episodes about that. Because for me, it did kind of feel like it was coming out of nowhere. What? Oh, uh, the, the romance. romance. Yeah, I, I will say. Yeah, I think I think there's just too much shit to like cram into episodes. Sometimes, like I started reading the book, and I'm kind of at this part in the book, and they is kind of like that's peppered in at the beginning. Like you kind of you kind of get that feeling right away. If, I mean, if you, you kind of watch it, it, show yeah, it's kind of there. He I, does give googly eyes to her yeah, a definitely. couple times, and like goes out of his way to be close to her or be like more cordial or more attentive to her than. Uh, someone would be if everyone in the room was equal. Marnes but... acts different. Marnes acts different to Ruth than to anyone else, like for sure. Even from the for first sure. episode, I thought they had kind of like a bromance thing. That's that's what I thought before episode three. I was like, they're just like really good work friends, and they like have each other's Fair. back and stuff. Um, which I guess is things... also true, but <laughs> yeah, you're right. And then also when you have that like affection for someone, but you don't know if it's returned, like. You don't want to sabotage a healthy, good friendship, like a loving, genuinely caring, valuable friendship to be like, well, also, like, I've had a crush on you forever. For 40 years. (laughs) So I could see him, like, being a little afraid of that, like, slipping out even. Yeah, you just want to, like, put feelers out there and see if you get something back, you know? Right. Um, So the only other major plot point before the actual whole thing, which is the repair of the generator... The last thing that happens is that Jules is uh, shown the um, badge where one of her friends, I forget who, notices the engraving on the back where it says truth. Mm -hmm. And that is what clicks and convinces her to take the job. And that's when the deal happens that we referenced earlier. And the plan is a go. They're going to fix this motherfucker. And then Mm -hmm. as... Somebody mentioned they actually can't do it unless they can do it in 30 fucking minutes. I have a huge problem with this. Why? I, I had a problem with the process of how they fixed it, but I don't have a problem with the 30 minutes. But I also feel like, is there no routine maintenance schedule for this turbine in the no. in the millions of years that the silo has been here? Like, don't they have people like mandatory shutdown to do this shit? Oh. That's the thing is like, no, like they, they said that 0% no, that's never even been considered. But or they, have a, they have in. a backup generator, right? That barely works. And, and the, it's the tube problem it, in, in all reality. It's the steam problem. They're like, we don't even understand where this steam comes from. Number one, we just know we're lucky. The founders magically gave us an unlimited supply of it, and so if they're gonna close it, it will. No matter a hundred years ago or right now, was gonna give them a thirty-minute window. They should. Seems maybe 
you're saying the people who built this are idiots is they maybe should, what they I'm should have left to. the uh, the World Book Encyclopedia uh, G book for geothermal vents so that they'd know what the fuck is going on for how this thing works. These fools can't <laughs> swim. They don't know what geothermal <laughs> energy is. We okay. just got this magic hot air it comes out of somewheres. So, do you want to hear my problem? What's your problem with it, John? I want to know. I want to so, know. She can turn the steam off to stop it from going into the machine. Mm-hmm. So they might they Diverted might not know somehow. where it comes from, but they know where it comes out. They right. know where 100%. it goes into right. the generator. Right. Why can't they just fucking vent it somewhere? <laughs> just be like, all right, everybody get off of this entire floor, and we're just going to vent all the steam for a few hours while we... I, I how is that not possible? There, there I don't has to be see a any reason. I think in that any seems... other turbine, there's a bypass. I don't know why it's... there isn't on this yeah, one. Or they what? don't know where it is, maybe. <laughs> That that one you could be right is with how like much knowledge is lost. They they don't have like blueprints and fucking like uh, the full layout of this place. That that could even reasonably feel, be a thing. But I feel like IT their, does though. I feel like IT exactly super shady. They're just not sharing for some reason. To the oh yeah, like, they could all people, die if they didn't if you let them. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Um, I just agreeing. I don't think it ruined anything. It just really. I I think I did chalk it up to what you were saying, Jesse. Where I was like. Listen, these guys just don't know about that. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it is a little weird because they're like master engineers, most of them, which is cool and I like. But um, that that whole, just, that whole sequence with the, the blade stressful. going down and up and when it fell and everything, I was it did it did work for me. Like nothing about my qualms with the setup or the stakes affected the actual suspense of what was happening. I did like it. I took it very literally, which I do in movies very often, is I'm not trying to punch holes. If they tell me that the steam has one way to go out, I just believe them because that's what's happening. Right yeah, now. I didn't even like think about what you were talking about, John. I just accepted that like oh, this I, is just a okay. shitty design. I did think about it. I was like, <laughs> venting is a thing, but then in my brain went, well, they told me it only comes out in this one place, okay. so clearly they can't vent it. I'm sorry to be this guy, and I'm most of the time not this guy. Sometimes I am, and this is one of those times. At one point, the, when the steam, steam is building up, it starts spraying out of the pipes. So I'm like, what's wrong with that pipe? Couldn't you just make that pipe go somewhere else and then the steam would go through it? Like, You're, I, you're probably, <laughs> reasonably, that could be right. But like in fiction, that means that those are giant like four-inch steel pipes that are bolted together. They mm-hmm. would need to figure out how to open those and then put wherever they're going to get another hundred feet of pipe to pipe it somewhere else. Cause the only other option is you fill the fucking room full of steam and everyone faints while they're fixing the generator. That, well, that's what I was thinking is you just like turn the pipe around. So it points the other way and then you just close all the adjacent doors. So it just shoots or down just, the hallway. It goes into a giant silo bathtub, a community <laughs> hot, uh, what's the, what are those things called? The hot baths or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Oh, and speaking of, of baths, uh, Juliet being in a pit of scalding hot water when she's afraid of water. Not a problem. And they've established that. <laughs> Horrifying. Didn't love that. Yeah, now let me jump on my problem here. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have twofold. Is I'm pretty sure if you have something that hot and you spray it with water, one, it will shoot it back at you and it burns. Two, it will make steam and the steam burns. And then three, if you could just fill that hole up I would have just turned the hose on and threw it down the fucking hole, man. <laughs> like they had to like aim it at that metal door thing, right? So that it didn't yeah. melt. It was getting like red hot. 
Or know. at least at like when the room started to fill up, I would have just let the hose go or something. But you see, I would have had There's... everyone in the silo killed though, because I'm apparently a wuss. Uh, <laughs> I don't. But... You know, I'm thinking. I'm using my engineer brain now. I'm like, would the water actually be that scalding hot? Because when it's steam. It's like tiny part, tiny vapor, like water vapor particles, right? And they would condense and drain back down. I don't think it'd be that hot anymore. And so, like, you'd have that collecting. Maybe it wouldn't just be like, like steam is hot. hot. Yeah, steam is hot. But when it condenses and rains back down as water and it's just collecting, maybe it's like lukewarm, maybe. I don't know. I wonder because I've, like, fuck, I've cooked a lot of things and fucked with a lot of pan lids and the, the water that right. drips out of that when pan When it comes out of hurts. there, it's hot. Yeah, but then if it, like, you know, not that long, it's probably cool. I don't know. But my, my I don't issue, know either. My issue with this whole scenario, this whole uh, like uh, sequence here, is the turbine blade part, where they just kind of like yank it out, and then they're like hammering on it, and then they get the angle grinder out, and they're just grinding it. I'm like, pretty sure these got to be like a very specific f- shape, you know, very very like accurate. Yeah, and weight and it has to probably. match all the other ones because they're all you know aligned in an, on an actual thing. And, like, I don't know if you can just hammer one out and fix it like I that. Mean, I mean, maybe it's not actually good and it's just good enough for now. For yeah, sure. Anything, if it's 95% perfect versus the fucking 60% they had, it's a pretty huge difference. I think those things are usually hollow, too. So, like, banging on them, not good. And I don't <laughs> think, and you don't just grind it. Grinding is, like, to grind welds down and shit. Like, you know, you're not grinding anything to, like, straighten it. So, like, that was my issue with this whole sequence. Yeah. Okay. Well, we all just ripped it apart. The show is bad Fuck now. Fuck this show. We're going to start ripping another show now. <laughs> like I said, it didn't ruin it for me, but it was... It, no. I don't know. Well, This is like we when you know too much about My something. My like puckered. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, no, it's very stressful. Oh, that very, was a good scene. I was a lot emotional. Of yeah. Emotional. I was so proud of Cooper, especially when uh, Knox yeah, hugged who, him at the who, end. He did. The, yeah, the boss dude. guy just like picked him up and hugged him, and he was smiling. I was like, yeah, man, you fucking did it. Good job. Dude, everybody down there is just so hot. I love them. I love their personalities. Like manual laborers I love their hairdos. I love their tattoos. I love their faces. I love everything about them. Salt of the earth. All of them are mommies and daddies. Grease daddies. Grease mommies. I love them. Um, so I actually did want to bring something up because we were talking about how they don't know where the steam comes from. And by the way, if there was a god and he gave us like infinite steam geysers just to fuel our entire humanity, that would that would convince me God is real. That is like a huge gift. So I kind of do understand why these people are all drinking the Kool-Aid because this does seem magical when you don't understand it at all. But what I was thinking is uh, a bunch of steam coming out of the ground. What else is down there? A bunch of water, the giant pool. So mm. I'm thinking maybe there's some kind of like nuclear reactor down there that has water feeding into it. And it's just pushing mm. steam oh, that's out. Interesting. I didn't think you were going to go that way. That's cool. That could super be fucking a. I that's just assumed theory. it was like if you dig deep enough, you have water. You hit like water. I don't know. What are those called? Like just groundwater, right? Like there's reservoirs, like underground reservoirs. Aquifers no, I, and stuff. I think yeah. Aquifers. I think the water is natural, and then the they added the reactor under it or next to it or For whatever. Sure. Mm. I just assumed it was like geothermal, yada yada yada. I really want to know who built this silo. I I don't know if we're gonna know that till next season. I guess actually, uh, I don't, you won't, Jesse. When when don't say it, Jesse. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. It's just too big a spoiler. We can't risk it. It yeah. is. Don't that's say the it. thing is. Bleep Jesse. I don't out. know if anything I say is even really okay. Don't say. I anything. was about to answer. Don't you, say anything. But it's don't like, say anything. No answers. Yeah. 
<laughs> for good uh, answer. Uh, I'm going to time code this because I'm still going to cut out any other words I said. And there we go. Um, okay. So let's we did it. Like the, we did it. I, I guess I. Yeah. What were you going to say, Jamie? I was going to say any final thoughts. If so, make them brief on the generator scene. And if not, we will move on to like the last two scenes and the next episode. There's a pretty pivotal scene at the very end of this episode. Yes, there is. <laughs> Sorry, this is a point in time where I might need to start like a whole I need to read my fucking notes, which means I'm just this has to get fixed now, but fuck. Um, do you um, want to take a quick break? We're halfway through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that really fast. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. And we're back. So the very end of episode three um, is when Deputy Marnes and Mayor Ruth kiss. Very cute. We talked about that. Yeah. Bernard. So cute. Uh, Bernard also shows his sketchy face and he confronts the mayor. He's clearly been uh, fed information about stuff and things. Uh, not cool with Jules. Not cool with the power outage. Uh, Jules becomes the sheriff. And then at the very end. Mayor Ruth has been poisoned. Ah. Well, we forgot to talk about the chi- or the uh, strawberry dessert thing that Sims offered her when they were outside uh, yes. uh, judicial. It seemed like it may be, it seemed like it's equal parts peace offering and potentially poison food <laughs> at this yeah, point. I, I like how that played out as uh, he, took a, he took the strawberry at the end too i almost think it exactly i think it almost shows that he he was like i, w- I was willing to handle this civilly mm-hmm. this is your strawberry tart do what you know we need you to do and it was very subtle but you're right had bad vibes but at the end he ate a little bit of it to, to prove this was my one uh, uh um this was my one offering of kindness to resolve this yeah um, so common seemed so threatening and bad in the first two episodes that when he was being humanized in this episode i was getting real bad whiplash and i was like wait this is his son what the fuck (laughs) agreed (laughs) i don't know if that's actually his son because i i heard him say that i was like wait is there's not it's not because uh uh, not bernarda what's the other guy uh which other guy the guy that they want to replace uh juliet with um oh god what is this bernard no fuck man i just almost said i can't remember the replacement guy's name never mind he's just some we all know who you're talking about yeah Yeah. did you finish your thought yeah was that all you had to say i don't know if that happened in this episode so i'm not gonna say anything (laughs) that's whatever man (laughs) we're good we're great here we do whatever we want baby Anyway, okay. yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's, that that, that was an uh, important admission. But we can move on to the next episode because they really don't even get into oh. the poisoning until the beginning of the next episode, where they we are not say going a- into the next episode yet, gentlemen. Jesus fucking There's Christ! One I quit the podcast. Highly important. <laughs> we just came back from break, and I haven't said a single word about anything. Okay, so. There's one really important thing we have to talk about, gentlemen. Remember when the power came back? Or no, when the power went oh, off? Yes. This Thank is you. really important. Yes. Jesse's it right. It is really important. Yeah, no, this is fucking huge. Thank I'm not, I'm not, I'll I'm not accept joking. that as an apology. I'll even set it the up. Screens? It happens at the cafeteria. Yeah. Did you see that, John? I'm so fucking mad right now. The but, flicker? Yeah. Yeah. That was a big deal, right? Yeah. Why are you mad? 
I'm mad because you're right. That's why oh, I'm fucking mad. Deal. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, that doesn't happen a lot, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody mark the calendar. <laughs> oh, God. 922. Right. Dude, the Nuggets just won the NBA championship, the and Lord. I was right. <laughs> um, yeah, that... What are your guys' theories about that? Like, what do you exactly think? Exactly what I wanted to ask you. The, the 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 view is doctored somehow, and the power blip, uh, the the coding or the covering whatever software like was the not Snapchat s- filter was not synced yeah. up. You know, it took a second to load to cover up that shit. And yeah. so now there's only two sides of the coin that I can see, and this is the question I'll posit to you: is mm. is it showing? It's either covering it up to show it not as it is well i guess both sides are not as it is do you think it's filtering it to look bad or good i guess here's what do you you think john here's the thing i'm not even convinced that because it could be making it look bad but also it is bad like Mm -hmm. it might be green and beautiful and look fine but it is poisonous that's a possibility in my mind I hope that's not what it is, because that just feels weird and arbitrary. I mean, unless there's a cool explanation for it or something. I don't know. Yeah. To me, there's more than two possibilities. So at that point, I'm like, I I guess I'll just stick with my theory from last episode. Uh, Remind me of your original theory. Uh, Well, I definitely know what it is, but maybe it would just be better if, you know, you and everybody else just re-listen to the episode and you can hear me say it there, you know? That's fair. That's super fair. (laughs) We wouldn't want to waste any time right now. Um, So for the end of the episode, I just want to say the combination between the mayor's love and the generator getting fixed, I was like almost fully in tears by the end of this episode. I was just like, I love love and I love humanity. And... um. Oh, man, the ending was sad. And uh, why didn't she hug Martha? She hugs the her friend lady, but she doesn't hug Martha. That seemed weird to me. They're like old friends, right? I don't know. Maybe they're beyond hugging. And that lady for equal amount of time. Ruth. Yes. Martha introduced her to Ruth by accident, making her go work the junk picking. But Martha and Ruth are old friends as well. So I don't know why they didn't. No, 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 not Ruth. Then I'm talking about the her friend, the. Who's her? The darker skin lady. Yeah, who's her you're talking about? Um, John called her the cool black lady at the beginning of Shirley. this episode. Thank you. Uh, she hugs, intimately hugs Shirley at the end of this episode when she's departing. But with, uh, but with, um, now I'm going to mix up Martha. Jesus. Okay. But with Martha, she did a like, I'm going to lay my head on your back, but I'm not going to hug you. And then she shoulder checked her like bros before she left. And I was like, this is a really interesting form of intimacy if this is how you treat people. Julie? And then, like five minutes later, she just full on hugs her homie. Um, I would have assumed that Martha would have been more of like a uh, like a mother, a maternal figure, and that she would have wanted to hug her. I just find it very interesting uh, that she didn't. I think um, but if there's no more further thoughts on that, we can move on. I just that stuck out to me in a really weird way. I mean, Martha is still in the picture, so I'm assuming we'll probably still get some more character stuff with her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe she'll get fleshed out a little bit and we'll uh, find some truths of our own. Yeah. yeah. We'll host daddy. Uh, we just in the next episode. Oh, Thank nice. you, Patrick. Thank you. Nice. Thank you, everybody. Okay. So the mayor was poisoned and Marnes is doing bad about it. Um, Bernard is the interim mayor and he is eventually going to swear in Jules 
and we get some flashbacks of Jules' childhood, saving her brother from dying from a seizure or something. Seems that like was he didn't, he didn't make it the second time, it seems like. Yeah. Or the whatever time it was. Yeah, that was sad. Yeah. I wasn't, I'm sure we're, we're going to learn more about this, but like they don't tell us what was wrong with the brother exactly, and the mother dies, and they don't say at all what happened to the mother yet, which I find super intriguing. I thought the mom just left. <clears throat> oh no mom's dead oh like they i'm from i am I'm, I'm not this isn't i i was pretty i was fairly certain that they said that in the episode i am not I think saying it's, that it's, from book it's, knowledge i'm i thought they said that in the episode i think it's heavily intuited and then i think it is like or not intuited but uh implicitly Inferred. yeah it's overtly stated that like she's she's dead and so is her brother because they had for, to give away all the stuff. If mom right. was still alive, she would have taken her stuff. That's yeah. true. They, they have a divorced, uh, a divorced uh, clothing shoot, and then they have a deceased clothing shoot, and she went to the deceased clothing shoot. <laughs> yeah. I like it. That's smart, Patrick. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this is all good stuff, man. We get introduced to the idea of, like, the recycling shoot, the idea of mechanical, the idea of it being kind of hereditary, where you learn from, like a mother or father figure and then we further kind of elucidate on the the shadowing system where it's basically an apprenticeship that you have with someone else um all that stuff Did you say elucidate yeah that's a cool word that's a 25 cent word right there i didn't even i've never heard did that. the word elucidate just ensorcel you 25 cents seems not enough because for Four times that amount, you could have a can of Hunt's spaghetti sauce. (laughs) (laughs) If you have $5, you can either say elucidate or you can get five cans of Hunt's tomato and basil flavor tomato sauce at your local grocery store today. Hunt's, I believe we are open to sponsorship at this point, if you're listening. (laughs) Fuck yeah, we are. Um, any any sponsorship. I'll I'll, I'll hawk any tomato sauce. (laughs) I have no morals. Not me. I'm a Hunt's man. (laughs) I'll, I'll hawk Alfredo. I don't give a fuck. What what did you guys think of her de-aged daddy? He was that good. really was he de-aged or was it just makeup? Yeah. They smooth out a bunch of wrinkles mm. on some people for these flashbacks. Maybe maybe they made him look older in the beginning. Did you think about that, Jesse? That's not the case. Are you sure? It simply isn't. That, Let's ask Ian and Gain. Yeah, Glenn. you would you would it's it's whatever you would be showing the least. Whether it be no, current or right. flashback just, would be the one that you. they would I saw a picture. I like your I idea right. though. Yeah, he's an old guy, so he's he's yeah, he has good faith. And the thing is, with movie stars, we talk about this probably in like every season of this sh- podcast we've done. But they just have makeup that accentuates wrinkles, like Pat, uh, like Pascal Daddy, you know. And in the Last oh, of Us, they just right. rub some of that dusty dirt makeup in his wrinkles. Yeah. He looks like twenty years older all of a sudden. Yeah, for sure. The but, so th- this episode, th- starting where we're at, kind of, and then throughout, um, Sandy the assistant is a. Salty motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. We, I, I, I didn't need to talk about all of the flashbacks at once, but <laughs> I did kind of. Yeah, I was. Well, <laughs> let's go back to the flashback because Sandy being salty is the least important thing in this whole episode. No, I, I do want to talk now? about it. What I was going to say is, I do want to talk about it. So I'm, I'm sorry, I, I interrupted you. But what, what do you want to say about Sandy? No, I think I interrupted you. You're the host. I'm nobody. <laughs> five, Wait, which five. one is Sandy now? I forgot. The, the assistant, assistant uh, uh, sheriff's oh. assistant. That's not a flashback, though. That's like the regular. It's not. I was the regular time. I, I'm gonna let the host continue with his flashback. Okay, I, I. You you brought up Sandy though, so I do want to talk about her. Is what I'm saying. So okay, oh, fuck she, Sandy. she got a grudge. She, she got a grudge she was like, against I was uh, told, Juliet. 
Yeah, I was told the stock apart. I was supposed to fill the stock apartment with food, but I don't know what you people eat down there. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was we, horrible. We eat babies and whatever she said. Yeah. <laughs> um, I normally don't like girl boss stuff because sometimes I think it's done in a way where it's a woman doing psychopathic things, but we're supposed to like it because she's a woman. And I mm-hmm. thought this was like a good version of girl boss where it's like. No, it's it's justified. It is it is fully justified, and we are now at war, <laughs> you and I. And I thought it was well done and good. I liked it. I think yeah. Are she's, you she's, s- oh, go ahead. Not Sandy. Jules was the girl boss. Jules Thank and you. Sandy. That's what yeah. I just the, needed to know. The uh, yeah. the back and forth between them. Yeah, because like Sandy's throwing down that like, she does not give a shit about Juliet, and she doesn't want her there. She misses Holston, and Juliet's like not having any of it. She's like trying to be like she's saying. It's like that, you know that Lex Luther or the Lex thing from uh, Key and Peele where they're like Obama's interpreter for like angry yeah. black man kind of thing? It's kind of yeah. like that. Like Juliet is saying in an angry voice one thing, but what she's really saying is like, look, I'm here. We're on the same team. I'm here to figure out what happened. And like, you just need to give me a chance. My favorite interaction in that scene was when she goes, uh, get the door on your way out. And Sandy goes, you know, Holston <laughs> used to keep it open. And then. Jules, Jules doesn't say anything. She just mm-hmm. wide widens her eyes a little bit and just looks at her, and she like yeah. closes the door and leaves. Yeah. <laughs> very good. That's, yeah, that's like you know the power dynamic. Like who's in charge? Yeah. yeah, she got it right then. You're right, but and I guess it's it was Jules' prerogative to not. Maybe she wants to earn this person's respect the traditional way, but at the point where. Sandy goes, well, he left a file for you. Well, 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 not for you. Well, whoever was going to get the job next. That is exactly the moment where I would have went, okay, let me just like lay this the fuck down for you. Uh, the dude who you loved and are blowing right now handpicked me singularly in the silo to come up here and be the sheriff. So maybe if you have any respect for him, you'll stop being such an ass to me right now. Because I didn't just pop out of nowhere, hun. Like... Like, I didn't even want kidding? this job. Yeah, right? Because most of that disrespect seems like it's coming from her strong love and affection for what a wonderful old sheriff they had. And not necessarily, I didn't pick up on, like, I got a little bit of a, like, yeah, you're a fuck. You just came from, like, the grease monkey. I don't know how you're going to be the sheriff here. But that was that was the sprinkles on the donut. But I think the donut was mostly composed of like we lost a great man and he was my best friend and everyone looked up to him and I respected him. And now you're fucking here. And I would have that that last moment. I would have been like, oh, really? Because he picked me to do this. Uh, Yeah, I'll I'll take that badge back. I think actually you don't. mm -hmm. I think Jules. And okay, we're actually going to just get into this now. So uh, let's do it. Let's do it right now. That Marin's guy, the deputy. He's a sweet old man with a lot of problems, like Jesse said, but yeah. he's also doing really yeah. poorly right now because he's saying he's hurting. Uh, yeah, my old woman girlfriend got murdered with rat poison and none of you fucks <laughs> seem to care about that, despite the fact that she was the hottest and nicest old lady that we've ever had. She's also been Amen. the mayor for like 40 years and that's sick. The Nobody only had anything bad know. to say about her. And yeah, she got murdered with poison. So what the fuck is going Amen. on? Nobody Great. else is freaking out, and I think he takes that personally. So he goes and does what anyone would naturally do in this situation, and he assaults somebody Great. or attempts to. Does he actually do yeah. it? I think he's punching no, oh, he him. Does he's it. like knocking him around. Yeah, Frankie, yeah. right? The rat poison guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Apparently not even a rat poison guy. So uh, let's get into the discussion. They actually sit down together, Jules and Marnes, and she's like, uh, you can't be doing that because that's bad. And he's basically like, 
well, I'm, uh, I've been doing this for years and you just showed up. So don't tell me how to do police work. Uh, yikes. Yep. Big. Yeah. That was, a that, 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 the, the, the line, sorry, I wasn't even sure how to encompass my thought here. That delivery, that line, the way it was written, acted, all of it was like, that really punched me in the face because the wording of it was so specific where he was like, it was, uh, the, the end of it was like, there's nothing you could possibly tell me that could help me right now. Like, I've been doing this for decades. There's nothing you know or could say that could help me right now. And I was just like, man, that's fucking heavy. Yeah, I mean, people are just going to be, um, what, what's the word, underestimating Jules this entire time, mm-hmm. it seems like. But yep. of course, with Marnes, unlike with Sandy... Jules does stand up for herself and she does do what you were just saying, Jesse. She's like, listen, you might not like me, but you liked Holston, right? Well, this is his badge and this is basically like a contract between us, more or less. So mm-hmm. just trust that I am kind of doing what he wanted me to be doing. Absolutely. You, you saying it like that just made me think that's also surely why they didn't they didn't want to do she either narratively or the author. You don't want to pull that trick all the time. You want to make it count when you whip that out. She's not going to just like yell at everybody like the old sheriff picked me. The old sheriff picked me. She held it till it or like hold, held that close to the chest until it mattered to say it to someone who would listen. Yeah, maybe it's a good thing that Sandy hates her guts. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> but Marnes definitely deserved to get punched in the face. Oh, yeah. You want to? I have a question. Um, uh, Right after this, we have a, a punching bag scene. Oh, but that's not where I thought that scene was going. Right. Thank God, dude. Okay. Okay. That's what I needed to know. Marge is out of here. Yeah, he's done. So then it tricked me. And then and then it was not a trick. That scene (laughs) was such bad vibes. Like the whole time you're like, what is this? This is not good. Whatever this is, please stop. Don't do it, Marnes. Yeah, you totally believe he's going to do that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even after the deal he made with Juliet to help figure out what happened to Ruth, he's going to help her with uh, uh, George Wilkins or whatever. Could you you imagine? He's like, Uh, yeah, I'll work together with you. Cool. Look forward to it. Anyways, he's like, like, I'm out. And then he just goes (laughs) home and kills himself? Like, what the fuck? Totally. See you tomorrow. (laughs) Blew my mind, dude. I was I was so glad it was a punching bag, though. I was so glad. Oh, yeah. And then they pull the rug up for you, you know? Yeah. And then it's like Fast and Furious 10, and somebody crawls out of the punching bag, and it's Jason Statham. Naked. Naked. Um, Let's talk about the rest of the flashbacks. Is that okay with you guys? Please, please, please. You mean the Julia's dad part? Yeah, yeah. Let's just talk about her leaving at this point, because that's like the last beat. Is that is a big deal. Yeah, she just basically decides she doesn't want to live with her dad she doesn't want to have to think about all that bullshit and she also just escapes i mean her dad like i think it's even worse in the book from the part that i've read like he's very distant very detached very like almost you know he's a doctor right so he's just like extremely it's almost like i don't know just cold detached only sees things in front of him and like not emotionally connected to his daughter at all it seems like right he's Mm -hmm. he's gone through the same thing she has losing his wife and son and he just is like, I don't know if he's just on, a, a, he's like an, an automaton at this point, right? Just going through yeah. the motions, doing the things, you know, all the all the mathematics and doctoring shit he's doing, but he's just like emotionally unavailable for his daughter. Yeah, and you you pointing that out, it's 
he has the same coping mechanism that his daughter does, whether yeah. she learned it from him or not. He's like, right. And, and he doesn't need to admit it, but it's like, I have work. And as long as I have work, I yeah. can go to work and I deliver these babies. I don't have to think about mom or my son either. He's but, disappearing emotionally and yeah. like mentally kind of, and she's physically disappearing. She's physically running away from this. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, he he also is physically. He's not home most of the time. Like right. he gets I guess to he's do both. Work. Yeah. And and be a bad dad about it. And it's like this little kid ha- has even less tools than you do to handle this, bro. Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. I don't know if I'm gonna be as hard on him as you are, Jesse. Just because it's like he also is going through a lot of shit. So it's like. Sometimes, I, I don't know, I, I have sympathy for a, a single parent where one of the parents is lost in a way like that, where it's like, yeah, the ideal thing would be you step up and take the role of both parents, but that much pressure and that much trauma on dumping on one person at one time, like, not everybody realistically is going to spring back from that, right. you know, and like, it's just it's just a shame on both sides, you know? Oh, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, all right. So we are, we're, we're, we're getting pretty close here, guys. Uh, so the last thing I wanted to talk about before the whole, like, uh, Marn's storyline wraps up is the guy that Jules meets in the cafeteria. What did you guys make of that? Just this random dude. This is the guy that was sitting there right late at night. Yes. (laughs) I don't even remember what he said. (laughs) What did he say to her? I have one more minute in the cafeteria. All right. And then he comes cur- up to the introduce curfew, himself. Right or something? Yeah. No, it's just like a, he just chills in there. You see, We see him a couple times, but when he does get to talk, he walks up because he's on the top floor. She's walking to her office um, and she's like, hey, dude. And he goes, oh, I have one more minute and I'll be out of here. Um, Like he has one more minute before curfew hits or whatever. But then he gets up and introduces himself, and it's the most awkward conversation of all time. Who was the guy again? I don't even remember what he said. It was like, didn't register with me. I That's on purpose, almost. He, he didn't have <laughs> Did a he name. Say who he was? He didn't say anything really that interesting. I, my, I have conspiracy brain, so I'm thinking he is... Oh, he's like keeping tabs on her or something? I think he's... Because obs- he's always looking out the window of the cafeteria. I think he's oh. observing for any changes in the uh, Snapchat oh. filter. Wait a minute. Okay. Yep. I remember this and I'm not going to say anything. Okay. Yeah, Patrick. I was just thinking this is now where you reading the book might fuck well, this podcast no, up. Well, because I'm, I'm, I'm current <laughs> with the episodes and I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I also am not going to say anything. Um, yeah, who's this guy again? He might he might show back up. Who knows? Know. Who knows? I, I just it's I just a had a fun 50. little like idea or theory about you, him. So I want to hear up. your theory, John. I, I just, I just no, said well, it. I know, no, yeah, that's Patrick, all you were think? trying to recall the character in its While entirety, and then John explained he thinks he's looking outside to, like, chart some, if yes. there's any glitches or differences in else. the They'll picture. Yeah. yeah, who knows, who knows, maybe maybe he's just late for his Chick-fil-A meeting or something, who knows. All right, so a couple big things happen with Marnes at the end of the episode, the first of which is that Common uh, comes and visits him at his house, and they share a beer together. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, first of all, I didn't invite you into my apartment. Second of all, well, he, I didn't say you could have one of my beers. Third of all, he's not a for vampire. The good of the, yeah, third of, fourth of all, for the good of the silo, means different things to different people. And they're yeah. like buddy buddy here. I mean, this this is just fucking with me. The Sims character, he's back and forth. You know, it's like you think one way, you think you figure him out, and you're wrong. You see the other side, and then it's like this is just another side of him. You're like, 
They're very complex characters, very complex interactions with all the other characters. I agree they're complex interactions. I don't think at the moment that he's a complex character. I think he's a dude who has a singular motivations. And depending on who he's around, he chooses to handle it differently. If he needs to be intimidating, he will be intimidating. But everybody knows who he is. So like that scene that you're talking about, uh, I don't think that that was a pleasant scene at all. There was no jovial, like that was not kindness. That was a man coming into another man's apartment to intimidate him. Mm-hmm. And the other guy knew he came in to intimidate him and he acted as cool about it as possible. And so it was a dude going like, I just want you to know, like, if that thing doesn't happen, like your pizza won't arrive on Monday. And the guy's sitting there like, oh, he's going to fucking kill me. So this and it is was like the great. weirdest coded conversation where he wasn't going to say, he's like, no, I'm not here to threaten you. I'm just saying it's like for the good of the silo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm thinking about this different now. Yeah, you're right. This is like him saying goodbye almost. It's like, yeah, you know, he's like real I, gross like, about it when but he it, talks to people. I don't know if it's he's the gross. slimiest like worm of a fucking dude the way he talks to people. I don't know if he's like slimy gross worm to me yet. I think he's mainly just like, I think it's kind of like a dick measuring contest at this point right here. Like this scene where it's like, I'm in your apartment. You didn't know us here. But also like, I think there's some sliver of mutual respect for like what each of them are doing. They think they're each doing it for the good of the silo. But they're both like kind of fucked up methods, right? I'm I'm so interested that you think this because I got a total, the end of it even like you're talking about when he said for the good of the silo. That seemed like a like a fuck you to me. Like in his mind, he's like, "Yeah, for the good of the silo, get the fuck out of here." I, don't know. Dude. I think he, I think he actually believes that though. That's no. what I feel. What do you think? John? I don't think he has any respect for that guy. Wait, when you say all. he, you think you're talking about Sims, right? That's what I'm yes, talking about. I, uh, no, I, no, no, no. Um, I don't think Marnes has any respect oh. for. Well, I guess it's mutual then. Yeah, Sims sees Marnes as a peon to be manipulated, and Marnes sees a man who sees him as a peon and will not. Talk tolerate that and so there's just speaking mm. a coded language when they cheers those bottles that sounded like get the fuck out of my apartment to me i don't know what do you think i Sean? don't i don't think Sim, but it's because he's bullshitting sims like that's the thing i don't i don't think like he's like yeah i think he is lying sims is supposed to think that he is like yeah for the good of the whatever and he i think that was total bullshit um all right so what i think is that there's this power struggle happening right now where the judicial is trying to seize control of the sheriff mm-hmm. um, because that's why Common sure. is there. He wants uh, Marnes's help to basically throw out jewels or overthrow her or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so this is kind of a play that they're making. And the fact that the judicial is uh, meeting with resistance in the sheriff's department, I think is just uh, emphasizing the fact that the sheriff's department is actually an like legitimate like center of power, much like the may- mayorship or the judicial is. So, um, I think this is kind of just like uh, it, it's it's like posturing that's happening because of this weird succession that's going mm-hmm. on. It just it feels like political to me. And as far as like the mutual respect between them or lack thereof, I don't I don't know whether. It would be acknowledged by either of them, but clearly they're operating on the same level. Um, I think that's pretty clear. And yeah, yeah, but it, it's a cool scene, and I, I think I think I agree with what Jesse was saying, where uh, uh, Martin's is kind of big dogging him by not acting scared. <laughs> right, I, I that's also, a good point. I didn't think about that. 
I would like to add a point of support for this. Um, if that conversation Sims and the people behind him were to believe Marnes, the end of the episode wouldn't have happened the way it did. Mar- Sims is only, or Marnes is only getting murdered because they do not believe he is going to be helpful at all or agrees with what they're doing. Well, and it kind of goes back to the last episode too. Like, who was the intended target? Was it actually Ruth or was it Marnes the whole time? And like, they just accidentally got Ruth last time and now they're targeting Marnes. But if they were targeting Marnes, why? Because he's the deputy. He doesn't even want to be sheriff, right? They just think he's a roadblock into their way of getting Paul Billings installed as a sheriff, right? But it's really was Ruth, but it's like almost like death, that death, uh, claw machine meme thing where it's like yeah. they got, Reaching for Ruth and got, or reaching for Marnes and got uh, Ruth, and now yeah. they got like. Uh, again, I think the Marnes main thing is they want their person to be the sheriff. So whether it's Ruth yes. is the target or Marnes is the target is not really important. They're both targets because they both want Jules to be the sheriff. That's that's how I look at it. It's it's very yeah, it's very strange. His, uh, his wanting Jules to be the sheriff is like he doesn't actually want jules he says in this in the last episode i don't want you to be sheriff i think he's come around now though yeah, otherwise he would have right. made I that deal he, earlier with like the now he investigation is, sure. pact or whatever okay so the thing that happens at the end is that his apartment gets broken into by a judicial guy who kills him with a allegedly, shotgun maybe allegedly we don't actually somebody see breaks in somebody breaks in and we i have no hope for marn surviving this episode yeah that was a long shot on the and the the enemy's face in that scene like it long enough dark. gives me hope that that person didn't pull the trigger um but i'm also going to be distraught if every episode from now on ends with something this terrible <laughs> because both of those episodes ending with the two sweet old people in love getting fucking murdered like really like n- i am not feeling good the very last thing that happens is that Jules finds another clue in the air duct of Holston's old apartment, which is, you guessed it, George's file. The file that was not to be found anywhere else about the guy who definitely did not kill himself. Yes. And it was such a genius little setup, too, where, like, he hid a thing in a place that he was almost certain she would find it mm-hmm. because she's one of the only people. That would, I'm pretty sure she's turning the heat on or something. She's turning like the AC on. And like Bernard notices it saying like, oh, you should get someone to look at that. Like he notices it and she's like, oh yeah, that like, yeah, I'll just worry about it later. Or she says she likes the noise, right? She can't sleep without noise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I won't, I won't like dissect it, but I think it's a pretty like clever little thing he sets up there for her to find. Um, Didn't it come up from because he says put more flowers in the mirror? That was like the first. That was the big opening shot of like the first episode, right? He says like mm-hmm. his like goodbye note or whatever, like put more flowers in front of the mirror, and and you figure out that that's oh that's his office. That's that's what she's doing. That's when she does mm-hmm. this, right? Yeah, that's where I was. I'm I'm now piecing this together. Do you think that's uh, you put the flowers in because also right before she finds it, we get a close up on the flowers and the flowers are wilting and dying. Mm-hmm. And so do you think it's uh, the, the AC needs right to be it. on for the flowers? I just think it's like something adjacent to what he wants her to find. And he's assuming it's going to make noise, which is going to be something that a mechanical person from the lower 50 sure. is going to be going to try and fix. Right. 
Yeah, Absolutely. there's like layers here. It's like an onion. <laughs> there are layers. That's where yeah, I wonder if it's just this like one level of the clue or like yeah, if the flowers are adjacent to the button or have something to do with turning the AC on to Maybe. Not die. I think that's all very interesting. I'll Google that later. And we have come to the rating and review section of the podcast once again. It's kind of crazy, guys. Like no matter where we go, we always wind up back here at the rating and review section. So wherever you go, here we are, are once again, Patrick, we will hear from you first. Uh, this is Patrick from the Red Waste of Texas. I'm going to go ahead and give this two episodes a good, 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 good rating. I was distracted by the turbine fan repair of the, of the episode <laughs> three that kind of don't, uh, it's, I had a lot of baggage with that one. Uh, and episode four. I liked it more. I think it's more intriguing, a lot more mystery kind of build up and shit and kind of hold over from the beginning of episode three. So all in all, I'll say good, good. Awesome. Uh, as for myself, I will give this, mm, let's see, I will give it six out of seven goods. <gasps> I'll give it three out of seven weirds. <laughs> and then I'll give it five out of seven greats. This is not fair. I'm bringing numbers back next episode. Fuck John. God. I asked if we could do this held, last episode. And you were like, two no, episodes. not until we talked to Patrick about it. Yeah. Ain't I a stinker? Oh. <laughs> I'm so bad. Uh, yeah, no, I have, played, I have no complaints. It was The reason they might seem kind of low is just because it's kind of like a setup couple episodes. Um, there's stuff going on, but I feel like it's kind of just building to something. So I'm just kind of reserving the top of the scale for the stuff that I hope and assume is coming down the pipe. So what about you, Jesse? Fucking Martha. That's how I feel right now. Um, that lady has a radio and I think it's okay to be listening, (laughs) but you can't be talking. And that's my review. Yeah. Martha out of martha she shouldn't be doing that it's great good i'm only gonna do that because you said i need to reserve some of the top for the better episodes later that's but just what i'm doing you don't need to do are that. there are there better a episodes? thrilling time because it's so much you're right it is building up to this big thing whatever the thing even is they're ending the season with but every episode to me keeps giving me like a little nibble of something with the weird world building and uh I'm super bad. But also, like, I think this isn't really fair for me. I'm like a fucking mark for this because I just loved the book so much. And even though I also can't remember half of it, which is making the show thrilling. But every single episode, dude, I'm just like crying and uh, loving it. But I'm loving it. All right. I think those were three very solid reviews. So with that, thank you so much, everybody, for listening to the podcast. As always, you can send us an email at goodweirdgreat at gmail.com and until next time let's get some truth let's get some uh, turbine blades maybe I'll open up a shop and I'll draw I'll sell pictures of truth I'm coming for that truth thussy draw me like one of your silo girls Jesse now somebody insert some sick metallic synthy fucking noises Metallica we really do need to uh, find an outro for this (laughs) 